If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. You pay no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And most of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Well, the most important thing is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Well, what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe and make your own podcast. It's free. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Homa, and I welcome you to listen to this podcast about narcissism in general, toxic relationships, and ways to deal with them and to save ourselves, but most importantly, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. I hope you enjoy and find this episode and the upcoming ones enjoyable and insightful in any way shape or form and i thank you very much for listening now let's get started welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast self-evolution regardless okay so today's episode is going to be about another topic different from the personal bill of rights series that we have been progressing with um so far we're going to be discussing six core painful issues of children of narcissistic parents and this is also a video of dr jerry wise um a professional psychologist and owner of the clinic um self differentiation so he he has a youtube channel and i watched this video whose title is exactly this title and it caught my attention because let me put it this way 95 percent of the time i feel like this relates to me a lot and i'm not saying that it only relates to me if you're listening to this episode um I know it may relate to you to some extent, but my point is to not be, um, feel weak or hopeless or useless, but just to raise awareness and to also remind ourselves that there's always a way out and a safer route to take. Sorry. So, core, painful core issue number one is self-power shedding we give our power away and that is obviously to stay safe and we over function so what happens in narcissistic situations is that we shed our power a lot we we have to we find ourselves having to give away our power to always obey and to submit to the dominant 
controlling abusive narcissist in our life who happens to be our parents at this point and it becomes something a part of the norm because we are obliged to always shed our power and remove that and make sure that we are always seeking the pleasure and satisfaction of the narcissist which makes us always have to remove the power of being an individual someone who is capable of thinking for themselves critical thinking um, viewing the world in a different perspective than the narcissist and a lot we give our power away to stay safe safe in safe in the context or meaning of like safe from the criticism and judgment of the narcissist we want to be safe um and stop for once defending ourselves like the one time we give in and we finally say yes okay uh, finally like okay that is what we do when we shed our power and we give in to the power of the narcissist and that is approximately to me at least what safety is safety from the constant judgment and tyranny and very harsh comments of the narcissist that always have to pertain some sort of uh, message that we are never enough, that we always must do better. And we overfunction. Overfunctionality is something that is an automatic thing because since the narcissist never finds us people who are doing anything enough, Clearly, overfunctioning becomes the norm, is something that we seek to always, always, always. It's the same goal, which is to seek the satisfaction and pleasure of the narcissist, regardless of how we may feel about it or what consequences we may have to face. We overfunction in order to, to hopefully one day the narcissist may say, Oh, you're finally enough you're finally sufficient you've done all this hard work and now we're finally proud of you but in real world circumstances none of that really happens it's not true it can never happen because they themselves have always been ashamed of their own achievements and their own looks and their own just everything and so you coming off as someone who has achieved something is never going to be enough for them. Well, maybe they will show some kind of like um, happiness towards you, maybe some sort of like encouragement at the beginning, but then soon after it'll it'll turn into contempt and envy and uh, loathing and loathing of you and of themselves again and the cycle repeats itself because they hate themselves and they hate you as well and so we overfunction to always reach that level of um, satisfaction within them but since they always self-loathe and they never are capable of trusting themselves nor trusting you Overfunctionality becomes something that is quote unquote normal. Number two, 
detach from reality, aka dissociation. We check out when things get too difficult, and then we go back and feel. Flight, freezing, triangulation. There's also memory loss, sense of disconnecting from self at times. So let's begin talking about these uh, bit by bit. So detaching from reality, aka dissociation. Well, we're not really schizophrenic and on, you know, in this, in these terms at least, we're not that much of like hallucinating people or living in worlds that are completely different from the reality. But detaching from reality because of how painful and abusive and tiring reality has to be whenever we try to approach the narcissist from a nice, kind, um, you know, loving point of view. Um, detaching from reality seems to be a way out that we seek codependence and that we also severely suffer from um, because usually what we end up doing is also we check out when things get too difficult. And checking out is like forfeiting. So we basically quit when things get too difficult already because things are difficult in nature. But when they get too difficult, we can't take it anymore. And so we just want to leave. We want to have some sort of peace within ourselves. So we leave when things get too difficult because we can't take it anymore. It's already hard enough. So we just leave because that would be the safest alternative that we do. And then we go back and feel flight, freezing and triangulation. So we check out when things get too difficult and then go back and feel. And feeling here may become dysfun dysfunctional or dysregulated rather. Um, feeling that is feelings that are dysregulated, that are too much to handle, that are overwhelming is neither helpful nor gonna do anything good in like the long run. Um, so we, I think in this statement, we swing between two extremes. So we check out when things get too difficult, we're not even here, we're out of this, and then go back and feel. And feeling here is feeling of flight, like I need to quit, freezing, I can't do this anymore, I can't do anything that's gonna fix this problem, and then triangulation. But triangulation, I think it's not in the meaning of like uh, using a third party involved in the problem and trying to make them uh, bridge the gap between the victim and the narcissist. Maybe that happens because if we dissociate, we need someone else to replace us, sort of. So yeah. Um, we leave when things get too difficult and then go back and feel way too much. There's memory loss and I have personally experienced it a lot. Uh, at a point in time, there's always, I felt like my brain was foggy and I could not concentrate. I could not like remember things clearly. It was 
usually because I found myself in stressful situations whenever I'm around a narcissist and stressful in terms of like tense like you're feeling like your body is tense and heating up and you're sweating and it's all over the place and at the same time when you're trying to remember something that is like urgently needs to be remembered right now your memory is losing you and you don't remember things clearly and that is extremely super painful to have to go through but what i have to say for now is just an, a small interruption before i move on is the fact that being on my own and not being afraid of being alone actually helps me a lot so far and it has helped me tremendously in terms of memory I think my memory has been improving a lot in terms of trying not to gaslight myself and trying not to get second guess myself and remember things the way they are instead of questioning if I'm the crazy one. So especially memory loss happens because of gaslighting, because of so much accumulated gaslighting that you begin to question your own reality and question what it, what it is that you remember, what it is that you feel right from wrong and what and how things happen and whom was involved and everything so yeah unfortunately memory loss is a huge thing because of just the amount of stress and frustration that happens in the presence of a narcissist who always has to um project themselves on you and make sure that they exert the picture that they are all-knowing, all-seeing, all-hearing, omniscient, and omnipresent, basically, godlike figure, which in their presence, along with stress and anxiety, memory becomes lost. And there's also a sense of disconnecting from self at times. Sense of disconnecting from self comes from being too attached to the narcissist, which I'm going to be talking about in a future episode, the attachment styles. Um, it's a topic that I'm also really curious about and I'd like to share uh, with you here on my podcast about. Um, basically, disconnecting from self happens because we are too close and too enmeshed and too attached to the narcissist that we tend to disconnect from ourselves. We no longer know who we are. We no longer remember our own system of values, for example, or we don't know, we, we tend to forget what principles we hold or what feelings we feel or what responsibilities we're held accountable for or what rights we even have. So like essentially because we are too connected and too close to the narcissist, consequently what happens is disconnecting from self at times. Okay, uh just honestly i have to say um the next ones are very hard uh to go through but i'm gonna have to because 
I mean, it's not worth it really to just give up like halfway and to not share with people who care and with people who have had similar experiences. But because they made me cry, and brace yourself, please, if you found yourself um, little too, a little too emotional, sorry. Uh, number three is feeling isolated even in groups, unstable relationships, fear from abandonment, overwhelmed by other people, stress and anxiety with go and... Uh, staying. So let's tackle these one by one. Feeling isolated even in groups. And a lot of the times here what happens is that we find ourselves because we are used to the pattern of behavior that the narcissist has always abused us with. Even ordinary groups that don't feel as toxic become some sort of another way of toxicity that we have to deal with, you know? So, and then we focus the spotlight on ourselves in a way that we feel like we don't belong. And that's how feeling isolated, even in groups, becomes. So we, we basically focus on ourselves. We don't blend in, we don't socialize in these groups because of fear of being, like, abused once again. And so we feel isolated in these groups and then we feel like nobody wants to talk to us and that is gonna be number five, which I'm gonna talk about. And we feel like nobody wants to talk to us, nobody wants to join us, one, nobody wants to start a conversation, and therefore we feel isolated. Unstable relationships, hell yeah. And this is not in a happy way that I'm saying hell yeah, but because um, relationships that tend to become like more stable and involve more depth into it, we, like I said in the episode of how dating, um, nine ways that dating is difficult for children of narcissistic parents, we have unstable relationships because we are terrified of the idea of being put under control one more time and being tied down and not acknowledged for our individuality and freedom. So we have unstable relationships once things get deep because of how afraid and terrified we are of the consequences of being abused and, you know, um, narcissistically exploited. And we tend to jump from relationship to other, to another, because we, we still feel like we're not worth it. We still feel like we are unlovable because of how badly we have been trained subconsciously all our life to just believe that we're not enough. Fear from abandonment happens because we are not securely attached to the people around us and that we 
and especially to the narcissist, because we are terrified of them abandoning us, and then we feel lonely, and then we feel like nobody wants to be included in our world. So we are terrified of that idea, and we want to cling in to that person as much as possible. And oftentimes what happens is that we are holding on to that person a bit too much to the point where we're exhausting them, sort of. So we're like parasites. Now we're becoming the parasites that we are afraid of being in the first place. And that is because of how afraid we are from abandonment. And especially happens to romantic partners and friends. We need, we need a lot of help. We need a lot of support. What we tend to do is, because we're afraid of abandonment, we hold on to these people a little too much that we might feel even guilty and ashamed of holding on to their support. That is bad. Overwhelmed by other people. Um, definitely. I mean, because we see ourselves as very fragile, useless, very hypersensitive people, we tend to be overwhelmed by other people. Not to say that we are like we have anxiety when we are close to people or when we are in gatherings, but overwhelmed in the sense of just having to always explain ourselves, feeling like we're always responsible for just having to uh, justify what we do, justify who we are, justify how we feel, because that's what we have been trained to do all our lives when we, since we have been raised by narcissistic parents. So even around people who have no idea who we are, who are just beginning to introduce themselves to us and vice versa, what happens sometimes is that we just become overwhelmed and we start to fidget and we feel like it's another trap, it's another trap, we have to be careful, we have to be worried, we have to leave before it's too late. And then the cycle of just feeling isolated again and unstable relationship happens again and it's just a mess. And stress and anxiety is a huge, huge point to focus on here because we weren't in a safe environment to begin with since childhood. So stress and anxiety become part and parcel of how we live every single day. And because of how much unpredictable their uh, display of care and love and encouragement to us is, and how unpredictable their cursing and judgments and criticisms of us are, we're just always tiptoeing on the eggshells that are put everywhere in order for us to cross the bridge. You know what I'm saying? So, and of course, stress and anxiety happen because we have to always be extremely hyper-vigilant 
of what we say, what we do, how we say things, how we do things, how we feel, what we should feel, etc., etc. And that alone brings out so much stress and so much anxiety that people in these situations just always look and feel terrible and angry and rageous and irritable over the stupidest things when actually it's nothing but the amount of stress and anxiety that they have been put through regardless of their will every single day. That is how painful this point is, unfortunately. Now, point number four. Unresolved intergenerational trauma, passed down inherited family brain, too much feeling with when with others, just too freaking much. Okay, so unresolved intergenerational trauma. Basically, what it sounds like is freaking curse that is intergenerational that has been passed on successfully through generations of this family and unfortunately no one was aware enough how traumatizing and dangerous this issue is it seems like inheriting this from generation to another passing it on to, to younger and younger and younger generations like it's a freaking pandemic, basically. But because no one was aware of how dangerous and traumatizing it is, it's it remained unresolved and it remained the way it is all this time. This is a huge painful issue for children of for children of narcissistic parents. Passed down inherited family brain it's like when we say family we usually say blood is thicker than water and family is everything and family is a unit of society and all that but and at the same time what i mean to say is it seems that whatever the ancestors had to think and had to view the world despite the fact that the world changes constantly even every second of every day it's like the same value system has to be inherited the same thoughts have to be inherited the same perspectives have to be inherited regardless of the circumstances surrounding the people so what it feels like is it is an inherited family brain. Like, every single one has the same ideology, the same perspectives, the same, um, you know, accumulated experiences over everything. So, like, everyone has to be a replica of their an a ancestors, basically. And, and, like, they've had their own narcissistic parents, now it's your turn. You have to obey your narcissist. You have to obey your narcissistic parents without any judgment, any challenge, any sort of deviation of how they thought everything works or how they felt about everything in the world and other people, etc. This is another huge, painful core issue of children. Me, you, everyone, 
who has narcissistic parents. There is also too much feelings with others. And this is what I said earlier in, in number three. Um, too much feeling is sometimes just overwhelming. And it's because we are accustomed to having to relate our feelings to how our narcissistic family feels. Whenever they cry, we have to cry. Whenever they are happy, we have to be happy. Whenever they are frustrated, we have to be frustrated. Whenever they are angry, we have to accommodate their anger and show our anger in the way they show it. So, because... And, and it's not just in, like, moderate quantities. It's too much. To the point where it's, like, possessing you. And you're becoming the feeling instead of controlling and taming down that feeling to something that you can control and that you can overcome. But what happens is, because of all of this mess, this unresolved intergenerational trauma, this inherited family brain, just this whole mess and chaos creates so much feelings. So much. Too much of feelings. You know, literally to the point of it feeling like a mob turning against someone because they're feeling the same feeling. Or overwhelming to the point where you just want to commit suicide and get it over with. Just committing suicide would be the only way out and your, uh, how do we say it, Re redemption out of this whole thing because I got to that point a lot of times but then I'm still thankful but yeah number five and here we go uh, we have a negative grandiose fantasy over responsible for everything so remember what I said about earlier is that we feel like nobody wants to talk to us, nobody wants to be friends with us, nobody wants to join our world. Imagine saying those, but also saying things like, I must be the one responsible for why it's raining outside, or I must be responsible for um, how my family feels about me, for example, not choosing the career they chose for me. Or, I must be responsible for the misery this whole family has endured. And just this negative, grandiose fantasy over things. It's the opposite of what narcissist feels. The narcissist usually f has very extremely positive, uh, grandiose fantasy of their beauty, they're extremely beautiful, they're the most beautiful people on earth, they're the most intelligent people on earth, they're the most generous people on earth. Nobody is as, you know, uh, understanding as they are, nobody is as giving as they are, nobody's as caring as they are, and they have these extremely positive, grandiose fantasies, but because of how we have been treated and because of how they what the, whatever it is that they call love is using every single ounce of our bodies and exploiting every single cell in our brains 
it just makes us feel extremely like bad and just feel look at ourselves in this very bad way that we have this negative grandiose fantasy that is just huge it's the opposite of the positive grandiose fantasy that the narcissist would have we have the negative grandiose fantasy and it causes us to feel you know anxious depressed frustrated and hateful of ourselves and of everybody around us and uh, this is a huge a huge painful issue finally number 6 enmeshment and overcloseness we are too focused with the narcissist and our family of origin that it creates loneliness isolation and detachment from self and others and this is what i mentioned before but i'm going to you know go in depth so enmeshment and overcloseness is this literally literally what no boundaries is having no boundaries having no self differentiation no no conscious awareness of how we individually feel comparing to others how we look compared to others how we work or study or or uh have the right to do or are responsible of etc etc comparing to how others live no we don't make that differentiation it's not even it's not even um a blurred it's not even a blurred line there's nothing it's like everything has to be connected to the point where we are enmeshed with these people we are overly close with these people like we feel like we are part of these people without even recognizing the fact that we can be on our own and different from them like we can be just individuals with individual freedoms and rights and wants and needs and and feelings and thoughts and problems etc enmeshment and overcloseness is a huge problem especially because narcissistic parents raise their children in an environment which lacks or let me just say has no boundaries whatsoever and everyone is too close and everyone is enmeshed with each other because to them that is what quote unquote love is love is supposed to be all forms of enmeshment all forms of overcloseness it is what they call intimacy but it's not this love and this intimacy have nothing to do with what real love is and what real intimacy is and what healthy love is and what healthy intimacy is no they just create this false picture this false impression of what love should be like and what intimacy feels like but no of course not we are too focused with an narcissist in our family of origin yes um too focused on them to the point where 
90% of the time we find ourselves thinking of what it is that they said to us, how they said it to us, how we responded, how we should have responded, what things we could have avoided saying or what things we could have avoided doing to please them, how much of criticism they have to put on us, how much we have to put through with their, uh, put up with their, uh, tyranny and omnipresence and feeling like they're gods and goddesses. And we're not giving any attention to ourselves. We're not caring for ourselves. We're not being selfish enough to love ourselves and appreciate ourselves. Because we seek the ultimate pleasure and pride of the narcissist that one day they will thank us for existing, that one day they will be proud and actually acknowledge who we are, and one day they will be there for us when we need them. And all those hopes <clears throat> are just never going to happen because simply they're never even, you know, appreciative of themselves. Because we're concentrated on that so much and because we are focused with the narcissist in our family of origin too much that we don't get to focus on ourselves and protect our boundaries and protect um, ourselves from their abuse. And we are focused with the narcissist in our family of origin because we also always seek to achieve those hopes, seek to accomplish those hopes to a certain extent, you know. There's always that hope that keeps you bonded to them, when actually you're just trauma bonded. You're not really healthy, healthily bonded to them. It's only the trauma that keeps bonding you with them. It's what they did to you what they have always done to you that keeps you on the hook, rather than accepting and admitting the fact that they're never going to change and that's the way that things are. And even if you try to help them seek therapy or whatever kind of medical help that they need to become better people, it's not going to work because that's just the way they are. That's just, that's just their personality. Okay, so, and we tend to neglect our own needs and wants because we're focused on the narcissists and family of origin too much. It creates loneliness, isolation, detachment from self and others. Loneliness, yes, because even even when you're in this huge group of people. Remember what I recorded, what I said on the episode, uh, when celebrations feel fake? Um, like, in gatherings like that, in events that, like, um, require, sort of, a gathering of people, like, just a vacation where everybody, everybody comes and meets and celebrates anything special, um, you're in that group feeling lonely. And this also refers to the point number three, feeling isolated even in groups. 
it creates loneliness and feeling like nobody understands you because none of them, none of this, none of the family members of origin even understands what's going on. They're not even aware of, of their behavior or what or how badly their behaviors affect you, affect you. So you're just alone and lonely because of how you're left alone. And even in the simplest things, like, for example, if you're disagreeing over, for example, what kind of career you want to choose or what kind of studies you want to go after or what kind of dream you want to achieve, everyone becomes against you. Everyone mobs and triangulates each other against you and then you're left alone with nobody to help you, with nobody to support you, with nobody to care for you. And you feel extremely lonely. Isolation, definitely, because, again, it's the same, similar uh, thing, because... Because, again, everybody is just in this deep hibernation of what um, this abuse is all about. And you're just isolated because, because you can't connect with anybody. Because if you're trying to connect with them, if you're trying to explain what's going on and trying to make something out of this and trying to, um, you know get them to join you in any way, shape, or form, they're not going to be there for you because they have been hypnotized all this time into believing in the heaven they've always believed in. And you're going to be alone. And detachment from self and others. But there's also a healthy amount of detachment that needs to be existing. The detachment that has to happen that is healthy and helpful for someone who happens to be a child of narcissistic parents um, is the kind of attachment that fulfills you, that makes you feel productive in terms of self-love, self-care, and self-evolution regardless of the abuse. Detachment from others... But not from self, though. You have to be united with yourself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to... You should be able to love yourself and be gentle with yourself if they have always made you feel bad about yourself. If they have always made you go against yourself and your own desires and needs and wants. You should be able to detach from the family of origin and the narcissists in general, but not from the self. Not from the people who try to, genu to genuinely help you out there. Not, to th not from the people who are genuinely wanting to support you and want you to stand on your both feet. You should be able to detach yourself and create a distance that is protective of your own system of value, needs, wants, feelings, and and just everything. System of life and everything.
in between. So how can we summarize this? How can we, what kind of conclusion can we get out of this? These core issues, these core painful issues of having to be a child of narcissistic parents is definitely not something easy to have to go through. And it's something that is consistent. But that doesn't mean that you don't have the choice of quitting and leaving once and for all and creating a better, peaceful, happier life, more stable life that you deserve and that you want away from the abuse, away from the toxic energy and treatment of others and the way they perceive you. That doesn't mean that you can't seek support and learn from others' experiences who have gone through the same thing you have and learn from what they had to go through, like their exit, their way out. That doesn't mean that you can't find people who are going to help you get out of this situation. That doesn't mean that you can't find a professional who is unbiased and who's gonna, you know, help you understand the situation better and help you recognize the patterns and help you heal over time and with consistency and patience. That doesn't mean that you can't be who you deserve to be just because they perceived you as this trash. No, absolutely not. So, be who you are, love yourself, take care of yourself first and foremost. Then seek people's needs and wants. Because you only have you that's going to remain with you forever. People are just going to be phases in your life. You're not going to have people around you forever. Well, if you do, then congratulations, but... Um, just saying. <laughs> so, okay. Live your best life and just avoid narcissistic people as soon as you can. As soon as you find red flags, do not engage longer with them. Do not keep on giving them hope that they will change. Do not attempt to stay just because they made you have to stay or go back to them because they they manipulated you into going back with their hoovering and their triangulation and gaslighting and love bombing don't don't settle you deserve better So, folks, that's a wrap for this episode, and as you can guess, this is my goodbye speech. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. I hope you found this episode enlightening to some degree. You can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor FM or any other platform where you'll find my podcast available, like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and recently I've added my podcast in TuneIn as well as Red Circle.
That's where you'll find my podcast also available. I'd also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, some feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message and I'll take care of that. So to conclude, this was Self Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maram, and I will see you in the next episode. So, folks, that's a wrap for this episode, and as you can guess, this is my goodbye speech. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I hope you found this episode enlightening to some degree. You can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor FM or any other platform or where you'll find my podcast available, like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and recently I've added my podcast in TuneIn as well as Red Circle. That's where you'll find my podcast also available. I'd also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, some feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message and I'll take care of that. So to conclude, this was Self Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maram, and I will see you in the next episode.